our mission on Don't Look Under the Bed is simple. We want to amplify the voices of those doing extraordinary work in the hospitality space. We are excited to welcome our guest, who is literally on a quest to save hospitality. They celebrate hospitality and its many contributions to society, the community, and the role it plays in wellness for our citizens. Additionally, they highlight the amazing workforce and shine a light on the skill set, which can immediately transfer to other industries. They also educate recruiters, human resource professionals, and various industry leaders on the value that a hospitality professional can bring to your organization. Please enjoy this episode of Don't Look Under the Bed. Also, you can help us by sharing and subscribing. Thank you for listening. One. Hello to our new listeners and welcome back if you've been here before. This uh, this is Don't Look Under the Bed. I'm Nikki. And I'm Robin. This week we're going to hear from Melissa Del Bono and her co-founder Kingsley Egbuchanam, co-founders of Project Save Hospitality. We're so excited to have you here with us on the show. Welcome. Hi, Melissa. Welcome. Hi. Oh, hi, Robin. Hi, Nikki. Thank you so much for, for having me on. Yeah, well, let's get right down to it because I know you've got a lot of great stuff to share. So tell us about uh, yourself and your hospitality journey. So um, I actually grew up in hospitality, believe it or not. I My father owned restaurants when I was very young. So I was actually waiting tables at six years old, an Italian restaurant, not really waiting tables, but I used to pretend. So, cause um, you know, my father, I, I, and my, my father and mother, you know, worked a lot and I didn't like to leave them. So quite honestly, my first hospitality experience was um, sitting at a, on a prep table in a car seat at age, you know, six months old. And then um, growing up in the restaurant, like I wouldn't leave my dad. So, so he used to put my car seat and now it would be completely illegal, but my car seat <laughs> on the, on the um, prep table. And I used to watch him do because he couldn't leave me with a babysitter. So um, it started there and then they started, you know, I would be running around the restaurant and everybody thought it was real cute. So um, I would pretend to wait tables with the other waitresses. So I actually grew up through um, my parents, several catering businesses and restaurants and uh, just, you know, going through life that way. And at age 16, I got my first, uh, my first catering, catering, actual catering position at a hotel. So I made that switch. It was Armada at Geneva in Geneva, New York, right on oh. the lake. Yeah. yeah. So, yes. Um, it was where I'm originally from in Seneca Falls, New York. So um, it wasn't, it was not far from my parents' house and I used to do events. Um, from there, I, I went to a really hospitality based college, but not for hospitality. I went to Rochester Institute of Technology. I got my degree in finance, criminal justice, minor in accounting, concentration, in sociology, but still ended up in hospitality, waitress my way through. Uh, left for a little bit to be uh, a claims investigator for CSX in Atlanta, Georgia, 
and then came back and got right, you know, I was on the radio for a while. I did some pro director of promotions for a lot of, for a lot of radio stations in the Finger Lakes. And then all of a sudden, smack dab, I found myself back into a hotel. So it was short lived yeah. outside of that space. Um, I went back to a high-end boutique hotel with food and beverage and ran it effortlessly. My dad obviously consulted on the food and beverage side for me when I needed help because I went from being the marketing coordinator to the general manager very quickly. Wow. So yeah, and that, from there it, it goes on. I, I Then I went to an intercontinental hotel group hotel and I was a director of sales in Auburn, New York. Then you know I, I went to a hotel in Rochester um, and then in from there uh, my, my, gra my grandmother had passed on in 2015 and I made mm. the decision to move to Boston last minute to go take care of my grandfather. And yeah. uh, so I, I worked, I did, I worked at the Copley Square as you know, I, I did the Copley Square Hotel, um, which is a really, really boutique historic hotel. It's old, like one of the first hotels ever function in the city of Boston. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I went, I stayed, I went back to IHG at some point and moved to Connecticut. And then I ended up in New York city and I went as an, in, in as a director of sales and out as uh, I started to open hotels, I found that I have a knack to open hotels. I had been through several renovations. Oh my and gosh. That is such a hard job. Fun. It's <laughs> so much fun. And, oh my God. Yeah, it's so much fun. So, yeah. um, and then those were Marriott hotels. And mm -hmm. so I've had a long history, but literally born into hospitality. So it's, it's in the blood. Yeah. It sounds so let me, like. So back up for just a second to mm -hmm. the um to the family restaurant. What was yes. the house specialty? <laughs> oh my gosh, pizza. <laughs> my dad made the best pizzas. Really? He had like all kinds of crazy flavors. And then and my dad will there there has to be two. I can't just name one. The other one was his sauce. So okay. my dad throughout all of his restaurants had this, even from, cause my dad went to Rochester Institute of Technology mm -hmm. for the food and beverage program as well. So he had been in the restaurant business since, you know, he was really young. He grew up in restaurants too. And he had the sauce recipe he used for all of this, those sauce recipes, like 50 years old. Wow. And people, wow. yeah. So he brought it through all of the other restaurants that he, he really, cause he owned some and he managed others. Mm -hmm. And it's this sauce recipe just just followed him through. Uh, I do have a really funny, really quick, funny story about my dad and the sauce Please, recipe. Please, yeah, go ahead. So, so remember when flip phones were still a thing? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they weren't that big. So um, my dad was making his his famous sauce and meatballs. He was working at a country club as a manager, but he um, would manage would actually make the sauce because no one else can make it sauce. So one day he lost his phone and we're like, where is this guy's phone? And we're helping him look everywhere. He's like, I don't know. Someone stole it. So the, uh, the next day they take this because the sauce is like a 12 hour sauce. The sauce is rusted and now the sauce is done and it's ready to serve. So the chef has to take it out to do some quality control to make sure it's right because my dad is just crazy about this. <laughs> and he pulls out a meatball, what he thinks to be a meatball, and it's actually my dad's cell phone. No! <laughs> <laughs> so, so they put the cell phone 
on like one of those po- old school pasta dishes and a little Parmesan cheese and like gave it to my father for lunch just as a joke. That it is was hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so my, and my mom's the same way. My mom's been in the industry for a long time too. So she's got a lot of great stories, but that is probably the best family story. Um, that is hilarious. <laughs> wow. That's pretty good. Yes, we yes. love that. So Melissa, tell us about Project Save Hospitality and how it came about. Oh, Project Save Hospitality. This is my near and dear to my heart, my labor yes. of love. Kingsley and I, we worked in the same market. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were in the well, Flatiron District area and we we knew each other from just competing hotels and just being friendly in the market. And I had got, my furlough had turned to an, uh, an exclusive laid off. Um, my position was not coming back. And I, I hit this moment and I remember begging my boss, oh, don't do this, don't do this. I'll do anything. I'll be front desk, you know? Because at that point, when you're, even though you're furloughed, you're still in a, in a place of stability where like, you, you know, you're going back to something and the world is in such turmoil where like, you kind of needed that, you know, you needed something to hold on to. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, I sat, I sat down on my computer after begging my boss, please, 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 please. I'll do anything. And they say, unfortunately, you know, this is, this is really how it has to be. And I said to myself, and I'm looking, I'm thinking to myself, all of the things that had have been happening in my life. And the fact that my husband had also lost his job because he worked for Intercontinental Hotel Group um, oh, wow. on, the, on the corporate side. Mm-hmm. And just, and just thinking and thinking about, you know, my medical situation and, and all of these things were going through my head. And I said, okay, it's fight or flight time. I either fight this through and I come up with something that's going to help my situation because my situation isn't the worst situation and other situations of course because so that's kind of where my head went I mean I, I it was just odd like an automatic thing my mm-hmm. head went to you know what I have this bad right now but take it after I took a deep breath I'm like but some people have it way worse like yeah. I, I I'm blessed to have what I have around me um my husband and I started working in real estate so it's like we were doing well uh you know in the meantime and I'm sitting here and I'm like something's got to be done. I, w- I would just look around like, this can't be it. You know, there's got to be something else. And I said to myself, I made this, I remember I was, I was sitting in, I have my, my office upstairs in this room and I was pacing and I was writing down phases of just like thoughts that I had in my head. And, and I, I looked at it and I phased out a plan. I was like, this is an organization. And I, I kind of did it. It was like very organic mm-hmm. or I was like, oh, okay. So this happened. So what it really was focused on is, so in our industry, we have organic diversity where, you know, a large percentage of the, of the people working in uh, hospitality are from other countries, different, you know, different communities. They're from, they're, they're speaking several languages and, and, you know, it's, so there's so much, if you're looking at a, for, for talent for a global company, there's so much, there's so much you can do with these hospitalities people who have dealt with crazy people lunging at them over front desks or, or seeing dead bodies in <laughs> honestly sure. in hotel yeah. rooms or, yeah. or having, having to deal with multiple, multiple issues or fire alarms. And there's all these fire drill situations that, that 
as a hospitality industry, we have to deal with from all angles and how many jobs and how, what goes into that, that job description. I said, and I, and I said to myself, you know, I'm going to talk to some people. And I realized very quickly that nobody really gets what we do in hospitality. <laughs> right. That I part. Mean, we talk that about part. that all the time. People don't know what we people do. Have no, yeah, have no, no idea. idea. Mm-hmm. No idea. They're like, they're like, oh, you're a front desk person. You said the front desk and check people in. I wish that was my job. <laughs> oh, you're in sales. You just wait for these people to come into the, what is selling a hotel? I wish that I just sat at my desk in sales and I didn't have to do an A to Z prospecting mm-hmm. and everything else that goes into it and, you know, running systems and GDSs and, you know, as a general manager, they, they don't, you just sit in your desk and you fill out paperwork. No, you are. <laughs> no. <laughs> You're the police. You're everything. You're everything. And everybody's hair is on fire and you need to put it out. (laughs) And and you have to deal. And like, this is what I know of being a general manager and being a director of sales and marketing in the leadership and the executive teams is that there are some big personalities in hospitality. We have to get our management skills need to be on point, like always. Um, because we're always oh, trying to manage so many different personalities. So, yeah. and so many, like, like, remember when you were in college and they were like, this management skill is X, this management skill is Y. Well, in hospitality, your management skill is every, every letter of the alphabet. And you have That's to right. use them all, all at the same time, mm-hmm. all 26 ways. And to manage my favorite people. is the game show host. <laughs> I used to always feel like I'm a game show host. That's what I come out here and do. <laughs> That's what I, I, that is so true though yeah <laughs> so that being said we were like okay so um I was thinking to myself let's let's let me you know run this campaign of how hospitality people can can really you know how the how we can get out in the world and and show our colors you know and and definitely show what we're worth and that our skills are worth it so it then morphed a little bit to wh- where do where does everyone go from here? Because at that point, you knew that salaries were coming out super low. I mean, as a as a director of sales and marketing in New York City, you make anywhere from uh, you know high nineties to high hundreds, yeah, um, depending on the hotel. So mm-hmm. so we we as a hotel, you know, we didn't qualify for a lot of of the stimulus type situations, but did for the unemployment. So that, that was, that was helpful, but right. it still was a dramatic loss for a lot mm-hmm. of people. So right. I'm, I'm thinking about all these things and I'm like, you know what? Kingsley's pretty smart. I was like, he was, he's pretty awesome. Let me call Kingsley and see, see what he thinks. And um, we talked through it and we, we actually, we kind of bounced more ideas. It, he, he had ideas that morphed it a little bit um, we realized we need really need to educate employers regarding talent diversity and skill set in the industry. Uh, we realized we people need resume building because, as you know from being in hotels, if you know somebody, somebody we're stealing people's employees all the time. Right. Uh, exactly. Yeah, career counseling had to happen. We had to create a forum where people can come and do a career fair uh, virtually. Right. And we had, we, we really, we sat back and we, we really watched our hospitality family lose our job and then feel it ourselves. Yeah. And it was, it was really a very humbling and striking moment where you, you don't, you, you thought we were going to be back to work in July. And then you thought the end of the year, now you're thinking some, it, it's, 
it was a moving target. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, we talked through a lot of social media stuff and, and kind of all of a sudden really vetted it out. And there you have project safe hospitality. And it was, it was, it was a good, it was a good mission. It was a good mishmash of all, mm -hmm. both of our ideas. Yeah. And then we, we had hired Amanda Parisi, uh, Danny Harpaz and Lotus Ariano who worked with us and are really our message to people from Project Save Hospitality. If these five people who didn't know, I mean, we, we knew each other, but we didn't, we've, we've never really worked besides Kingsley and I never really worked anything in Amanda's my sister. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was a different type of relationship. If these five people can come together remotely and come and do what we did and have the impact we had, this is a testament for what hospitality people can do. Right. So let me back up one, one second um, mm -hmm. and talk about as you educate recruiters and HR professionals on the value of hiring a hospitality professional, um, mm -hmm. you know, or considering hiring, what are the transferable skills that you highlight that we bring to the table? So there's, we, we made it several charts, but it's really about, we, and we noticed something from the transferable skills that people just didn't understand the skills. So we've kind of, we've kind of skewed them a little bit. So mm -hmm. it's really the customer service, the yeah. multi, a lot of the multi-language language stuff, because a lot of global companies need that. Um, it's about understanding how to work with other cultures. Yeah. Because, because we ourselves are so culturally or, you know, organically so culturally different. Mm -hmm. um, we come from different places in the world. So we, 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 as we grow as a family, we learn what all our other family members do for certain time frames and, and, you know, what holidays they, they celebrate and how they celebrate. So, so understanding just simply how to do business with people and respecting the 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 time like you know respecting Yom Kippur for example sure. or yeah. or you know or other other different holidays that we typically don't celebrate in the U.S. Um, and because if, if you're working globally you have to be respectful of that time frame and you have mm -hmm. to be respectful of what they're you know you know you have to, to greet them in a certain way um, a lot of a lot of the things that that the recruiters don't understand is how we sell hotels they didn't realize it was an A to Z process. One person does everything pretty much. Yeah. And how we're segmented and how those segments draw in contracts and how contracts work. Like all of that process that no one really understands uh, was really laid out because in a typical corporate situation, you'd have somebody to prospect, the lead follows through, there's there's legal to, to do the contracting. So to yeah. know the, and that and then you have to and then you have to do your follow-up and you have to you have to implement the sale mm -hmm. right right yeah and then you have to do the marketing to get the more sales and then you have to do the sales so so for one person to to handle all of that and in some of our hotels like i've worked with a 42 million dollars worth of budget before so 42 million dollars i was making a year to to support a business that's huge that's yeah. not a sales goal that yeah. a lot of people work with Mm -hmm. And running and running a team to really organize that. I mean, the, the leadership skills in essence is probably the, the one huge takeaway you take away from hotels. Uh, I, I don't, I don't really think that we, well, with a parent, 
that nobody really really thought of it that way mm-hmm. they yeah. looked at a house they looked at hotels as a place you come to to celebrate or a place you go to if you're you know if you need you need a place to stay or some solace or you know we're always there with an open door and we're always welcoming these people and in and, and so many situations good good bad or indifferent and I think that just no one really understands what goes into running that organization. Right. I have one follow-up question to that. So as Mm -hmm. you educate these recruiters and HR professionals, who are you going to, and what is that conversation like? I mean, do you have a a target list of who, um, who you want to approach or what's that, what does that look like relative to you going into somebody's office and saying, Hey, let me tell you about project safe hospitality. So um, we, at first, it was cast that wide net. We were just taking any company that was willing to listen to us okay. because you got to remember Project Safe Hospitality was born in October and we had our first substantial event in February, on February 10th. So it was a short, it was a short three months, really yeah. less than three months. So, so the, the cast the large net scenario came to about, but really who we're targeting is larger corporations that have the diversification in, in the positions where, okay, we can say a front desk person can be an admin or they could be a customer service rep, you know? So like we can take those line level employees mm-hmm. and give them several options yeah. or a, a front desk manager could, could manage any of those teams. So we wanted companies with a lot of different job titles and a lot of different ways that we could harness those skills you had from hospitality and implement them to be a successful career moving forward. Um, Amazon, we wanted so bad, we were unable to get them, unfortunately, but like we, companies like that, that, that have distribution, they have sales, they have, you know, tech jobs. There's, because a lot of the, a lot, most of the people that we deal with in the hospitality industry, as far as employees are very well educated. Mm-hmm. I went. I I worked with more. I mean, I I did Cornell as well, but I went worked with more Cornell grads there than I would have ever have thought anywhere else. Wow. So okay. yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So let me ask you: um, if you had to put a number on it, how many people would you say you all have uh, currently helped since your inception? Well, that's a great question. So. We actually have, there's been a reach out to thousands, I would say almost 2000 people through, you know, resume writing or questions or just saying thank you, or just kind of being there to be another person. Hey, we're, we're both going through the same situation and, you know, reaching out and saying that you guys are doing an amazing thing. For our career fair, we had just over 500 signups. We had during that actual career fair on February 10th, out of those 500 signups, 332 conversations were had wow. with companies. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, and you're talking, we're talking about, there was only 13 companies there. Wow. So okay. I'm sorry, one company was a duplicate. There's only 12 companies really there with 13 booths and one mm-hmm. was our own. So, so 11 substantial companies were there and to have 332 conversations and 213 of those people moving on to the next step outside of the career fair. Wow. So, and people did get jobs. We, some of them are still in the process, so we don't have a hard number, but we do have success stories. Wow. So, and that, that and some amazing. of those, 
Yeah, but it, but there was other play ways we helped as well because we also in, had the the state of Connecticut was a real big. I, I live in Connecticut, but they were really big, big behind us. They were amazing um, workforce development. The Americans uh, work. I'm sorry, the American workforce uh, program that they have, where there's there's a platform to uh, helping people get back into work. Mm-hmm. They offer grants to to like if you want to be a CNA or an RN, you want to go to college. They offer grants. So actually, a lot of conversations were had about further education and especially with Aspireship who does um, the program to get you through to to train you to be a tech in the tech industry Mm -hmm. for sales and then put you through and then places you that they as well had a huge impact because they may not have provided a job right then and there there was no immediate gratification but these they provided a jump off for a lot of people to to relaunch a different career outside of hospitality wow that's amazing oh my Uh, goodness it's such a great story i i it's i just love it tell me this um what were the challenges or um you know any lessons that you learned as you all went through this process to develop project safe hospitality you know the, one of our biggest challenge challenges was really trying to get the companies to listen because we, you know, as we planned this, hundred just weeks before the actual, we actually started our business development. I think it was the week we actually started like our full business development was three, was three weeks out from the the uh, career fair. It was like the week after the week after New Year's Eve the market had lost 140,000 jobs and people mm-hmm. were, you know, 800,000 people are getting laid off every day. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. our biggest, our, we had plans because, and we had thought, you know, and we had, we had thought about pipeline jobs and stuff like that. We had, we had initially assumed that, you know, it would be a different, different environment and it wasn't. So that really hurt us because just organ, organically something we couldn't help. Um, that's why our next career for April 28th is obviously going to be hopefully a very different scenario. And we, mm-hmm. we faced it that way. Um, that was our biggest one. Having people understand who we are was a real challenge and, and really just, I mean, those were really all the challenges. I mean, it was yeah. like, we, we would love more marketing. Um, we ended up you know, media was a problem. We, we were, we were talked to by a few major media people that ended up not following through, but then we're ended up in Forbes and business traveler. Uh, and that's Yahoo. big. Yeah. Yeah. That's Yahoo. Huge. <laughs> I know. So we, we ended up there, but it was just like, it was just the amazing, it, it, it kind of happened just real fast. Like we're yeah. like, we didn't hear from anybody for a while. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden we're like, Hey, we're in Forbes. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And you know, the Associated Press did a, did, did release our story. So we got some big media. It was just mm-hmm. too late. So, you know, I yeah. guess, I guess our, our stories to be told of kind of, I want inter- I want our social media to be more interactive where people are, are reaching out more. We get more likes and more, more engagement. That's, mm-hmm. that's one of our challenges that we're working on right now. We need a new social, uh, our social me- media ma- manager that we currently have, who is probably one of the most brightest I've ever worked with, Lotus Seriano. She, um, she's going to be accepting a position. So we're looking for a new, new social media manager, if anybody's out there, yeah. um, to kind of step in and, and help out. And 
uh, we really need to reassess how our social media looks. So that's that's our biggest one. Um, you know, and then our, our next biggest thing with the participants was they were upset there was not a not more hotel jobs. And oh, yeah. it's hard, mm. it's, yeah, it's hard to get the hospitality people to understand that your job may not be coming back. You really should look for a backup plan. Mm. And so tell, that's our oh, biggest thing. No, go wow. ahead. Um, so where can we find you and how can people support Project Save Hospitality? So you could find us at projectsavehospitality.org. Okay. We are, we're there for, we're there. You can, you know, if, if anyone wants to donate, you, you're free to do that. Um, if you go on Eventbrite and do Project Save Hospitality, uh, you can sign up for our career fair on there. And then we're also on Brazen. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram at Project Save Hospitality as well. Excellent. And so what are your goals moving forward? What's next for Project Hospitality? Where do you see this? I mean, Project Safe Hospitality, where do you see this going? So we're doing on the March 23rd, we're doing a kind of a resume career workshop. So we hope to do more of those uh, and get people to, to get involved and to understand how to better leverage their skill sets. So that education piece, as well as getting bigger companies involved so they can, can understand more and see the value in hospitality, uh, hospitality workers, as well as, you know, we're just gonna, right now is a career fair on April 28th, but past mm -hmm. that, we hope to do a career fair every quarter, every quarter. Brazen, who does virtual career fairs, has been very generous to us. Yeah, and we've done a lot with them, and they've been very kind, opening, opening, and open and welcoming. And we 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 want to do more with them. So you'll see you'll see little events pop up. Um, there's honestly, we kind of have to ebb and flow with the market right now because we don't sure. know what's going on. So mm -hmm. we do have a schedule of things, but you're gonna see things. You know, you may see like two weeks out stuff getting announced that are our workshops, which is, which is a good timeline, but we have to, we have them planned. We just can't give them a date yet because we need to read the market and make yeah. sure that we're being as effective as possible. Exactly. But hopefully we're, hopefully we're a big, we're a big help and we get people jobs. We, you know, we, we don't, we don't do, we're all volunteers and we don't care to do anything that's you know, we're not asking people to pay money. So mm -hmm. it's, it, we're right. hoping that we can just be effective and get people in a place where they can be stable, support their families, feed their, you know, feed their kids and just be there for them. That is such an, I mean, that's, I'm completely blown away. I have yeah. to say, it's I mean, an amazing, I, amazing project you guys are doing. Love it. Yeah. I found you guys through a, um, a social media post and decided to do some poking around. And I mean, it sounds like you, you are definitely right on track um, with the services that you offer. And, you know, this is just a different time for our industry. We've, we've never been in this situation that we're in and there is no roadmap for it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's really, it's really difficult because even even us in general who are trying to help, uh, there's no roadmap for us either. And imagine being on this side and then being on the other. I can't imagine how some people must feel who can't really navigate what the next step is because yeah. 
honestly, there's some companies who haven't fully laid people off yet mm-hmm. or who, who haven't fully said you're not coming back. There's a lot of companies I heard from a company the other day that had furloughed a bunch of people and they said, you know, we're realizing we can do more with less. And I'm like, so you're telling me you're going to run a skeleton staff even when you're football and they're saying probably. So there's a lot of things that especially our politicians need to know about uh, with this, this, this is, this is just kind of the tip of the iceberg, I call it as we navigate through this and, you know, resources start to go away from the government for these people who are out of work, the government needs to know that we're still going to have a dramatic job shed and there is still going to be a tremendous hole in the market for these amazing people that aren't going to be filled because these, even though these hotels are running full boat, they just feel like, you know what, we can do more with less. And I'm like, you know, trying to help people as much as I can to get to that point where they see that that there's got to be something more that they can do for themselves. Yeah. Wow. Well, Melissa, I definitely want to thank you for taking your time and coming in to chat with us today. I mean, this is a definitely a subject that we could, you know, we could talk about for hours on end. And, you know, hopefully there's an opportunity to uh, bring you back for a second conversation, because I feel like this is something we will be talking about for a while. Yeah, Yeah, I think too, I think as we evolve, I think it, it makes sense for us to continue to talk about how it's changing because as as the market evolves and our organization evolves so do our participants so do our you know our 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 pool of companies and things change daily you have yeah. to be a change maker you really yeah. have to be a change maker um, we are planning just so you know and I, I did forget to just briefly mention this we are planning to do some workshops for women since women were the most obviously lost the most jobs mm-hmm. so there's going to be about a successful you know empowering women type type scenario going on that I really I'd really like to focus on because it's really something near and dear to my heart so so obviously it's it's evolving as as everything around us in the world evolves yeah yeah thank you again Melissa we appreciate your time we love your story we're going to stay in touch with you And um, if you need anything from us, you know where to find us. Absolutely. And thank you so much for having me on. It was great to talk to you about my story. You both seem phenomenal. And I look forward to staying in touch with you. Sounds good. You have a great day. Thank you, too. Thank you. So. Thank you for joining us on Don't Look Under the Bed podcast. Please subscribe, like, comment, and tell a friend. We also encourage you to share your stories at stories at don'tlookunderthebed.org.